welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, thanks, AJ, I mean, RJ, sorry, for, um, well, just meeting for a conversation this morning. So I'm looking forward to talking with you and getting to know you better. Um, you are staying up the street at my mm-hmm. Airbnb now. Mm-hmm. And you and your wife Maddie, and it's kind of you're kind of a unique couple in that you don't really have a house that you go back to as far as home, but you just uh, work remotely and travel around, and and uh, you and Maddie and your your dog. <laughs> yeah, I can see how that might sound interesting. You now, to to us, it's just how how it is. How long has it been like that? With with our dog, it's it's it it has changed the experience for sure. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he was born in March of last year, so he's just a little bit over a year old. Um, but that that really kind of changed our lifestyle for for the good. Um, but her and I have been traveling since kind of when we met about three years ago, a little over three years ago. Okay, we. You know, instantly, instantly connected on traveling and language, just learning lang- other languages, not necessarily mastering them, but just the act of learning them and mm-hmm. just... How did you meet each other? We met online. Okay. Yeah, I, I was on Japan Cupid. I was okay. on the mission to go back to to Mount... Uh, what's that mountain? Uh, in Japan. I keep defaulting to Mount Hood because we'll talk about Mount Hood but um, there's a famous mountain in Japan I'm blank, blanking right now but I wanted to climb it again I, I climbed it once around the 2010s yeah, the dates kind of melt together but I climbed it uh, with someone else and I wanted to climb it again and uh, we never got back to to that mountain but we've made our own mountains and trying to climb those at the moment so yeah we we met over traveling and and uh at the time i was in ireland Hmm. i guess i'm going back in time with this story but met in ireland i was there for uh school i went back to school to get my master's in business um, and that was 2016-ish. So, why? To be honest, I went back to school to stay in Europe longer. I was, I was doing the Airbnb hopping thing mm-hmm. as a single guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was just finding what I wanted out of life. I guess just hopping around Europe and I wouldn't say getting into trouble, but just meeting random people and trying to be social by myself you know just stepping out there going to events on my own and really learned how to open and um, talk to people just strangers mm-hmm. I was I grew up as a shy kid I guess um, did my work homework a lot you know got got good grades was raised with good values you know and 
some religious values too. Um, but uh, yeah, we met over Japan and wanting to be in the Japan and during the early times of our dating, we yeah we traveled to Japan and just for a couple of years just went around different countries in Asia. Hmm. Uh, trying to get a feel of the different countries mm-hmm. um, and there's just so many memories you know like you, you go to different places and then you kind of forget like where you where you've been until you sit down like right now all these memories are coming back mm-hmm. so I would say like so your first impression of us is that you guys are traveler couples. We haven't been called gypsies until this last year. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thought that resonated with me, not because I was proud of it, but just because I always wondered what it would be, uh, why gypsies are called gypsies. And yeah, there's a name for them and it goes back to Euro- European times, I think. I'm not really good with facts, but I tend to just pick and grab different things that people say trust that and then that makes sense in my life so Hmm. um but yeah we at the moment are um, trying to start a family um and so kind of going back to what i said about our dog bruni changing things you, you can't just you can't just hop from airbnb to airbnb to get to know the city or the people um you gotta think of the puppy first and then lo and behold I'm, I'm preparing for a family of my own and I gotta think of the kids first mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, or some, you gotta think of someone else first that, that's what I'm learning uh, you know I, I, I opened the story with I was going to Europe on my own trying to find my, thinking of myself you know yeah uh, exploring myself and now it's kind of the, the other way to the other, other side of the spectrum where I'm trying to better myself for someone else mm-hmm. yeah so even before you and Maddie got together you were already a world traveler and was she as well she um, she was going through some tough times in her own relationship um, and so she was more of a, you know, study culture and language, um, but had the curiosity to get out there, but um, hadn't really got out there yet. And so when we met, uh, I kind of like took her with me, you know, like she told her boss that she was gonna, she told her boss she was gonna go travel. She didn't ask, she was just like, okay, I'm gonna cut my pay I'm going to travel with my boyfriend. And I thought that was so gutsy, you know, like Mm -hmm. she created what she wanted. And I always joke around with her. I said, you're living my dream, you know, (laughs) because I I ended up doing it uh, a different way. Uh, I worked for Intel like 12 years and then I had to hit uh, like a negative space or a like not like a rock bottom but you know when you work for 
someone else or in a corporation, you get you get burnt out easily. And so to paint a picture about that, I, you know, I you know I was getting burnt out. Uh, I had told, I had asked slash told my boss that I would uh, try to work remotely, and it's so normal today, but back in 2012, 2014-ish, 20, yeah, it, it wasn't, it was just starting to become normal, and it, it, I think it motivated me after I read 4-Hour Workweek mm-hmm. by Tim Ferriss. Yeah. You know, how, how do people do this, you know? And maybe he doesn't work just four hours a week, but he, he put in maybe 50 hours a week to get to that four that is self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. And so that put me on a journey, like, how how do I do that? And so kind of dabbled with the idea by telling my boss at the time, I'm going to move to Germany because I want to be near this glacier because snowboarding is like one of my biggest you know um, joys or hobbies or what whatever passions whatever I just like to do it so um, <clears throat> working at Intel uh, from 2005 to plus that 12 years we would get sabbaticals and mm-hmm. I would take seven to ten weeks off and I would just go to the mountains and ride for one or two hours a day by myself mm-hmm. and just uh, make turns and figure out how my heel affects those turns, how my toe, like these little things that, you know, like mastering your body or your movement. Just, that's just kind of what I'm into. Um, there's no theory behind it or anything. Just, you know, how, how do you perform to your best? Like what, what do you do that makes you happy and you're really good at that? That's what I'm always trying to, trying to explore. Um, but that's why, that's why I kind of said, Hey, I'm going to go to Germany and I'm going to try to work for you, uh, even though I'm there. And it, it, it worked out uh, for about a month, you know, and, and then apparently HR didn't like it. Hmm. And so that, um, I was, I wasn't let go. I was told that I was to come back to work at a certain date. And then I said, um, it was like, I don't think it was November at the time. And they said, come back to work by January. And I said, that's okay. I think I'll just stay in Germany. This is uh, my resignation type of thing. And so I, I went off on okay terms, you know, my boss at the time and and I aren't on, aren't in contact, but she still supposedly speaks highly of me. So I, I think it was okay. No burn, uh, no bridges burned. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that kind of started it for me. I guess that was a 2014-ish time. Hmm. Okay, and that started the journey for me. So, um, you, so there's kind of like a, a bit of a mystery. Um, like I, we there's a men's Bible discussion group, you know, that I invited you to, and you, um, you, you know, you didn't take me up on the invitation. Um, at that time, you said you're going to pass at this time, but um, you know, we'll get into it, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, um, 
so what did you have in mind as far as like um, getting into that conversation? Yeah, that conversation. Well, when we checked into your Airbnb, I noticed the, uh, the cards. I think business cards. Yeah. Uh, there was some words there about God and uh, Will. Your name, I guess, resonates. I'll get into that, but I didn't pass on your offer uh, because I didn't want to participate in those types of conversations. I'm at the point right now where I told you when I first went to Europe, I was trying to get out and meet strangers and just put myself out there. I'm at this point where the the energy that surrounds me on a day-to-day, I, I try to pick and choose what goes in to my consciousness, I guess. And so uh, being a part of a group, talking about things like that, I, I wanted to go deep with you first because I didn't even know what I was going to say this morning. This morning, my wife was up around... Uh, four, she was going to bed, and she was getting excited for this this talk that we were gonna have. And she was like, looking you up, and I was like, uh, I don't want, I don't want to know anything. I just want to figure out what I'm gonna say, you know. And that that it, it's kind of weird because right now I'm at a point where I'm excited to see what I will say. Some pe- some sometimes people get nervous about what they're gonna say. But right now I'm excited. Like, what, what exactly is gonna, what memories are gonna come back? Um, and I grew up as a Roman Catholic. Uh, my parents were Roman Catholic. Filipinos are typically Roman Catholic. We, I got baptized and uh, went to Christian school from K to 12. So I'm no stranger to the Bible. It, uh, I don't necessarily memorize verses. I, I have a few favorites, you know, and it helps me get through. Um, you know, we all have those points in, in our lives where we're feeling kind of helpless, and then you kind of, unfortunately, though, those are the times you, you finally look up. <laughs> and there's other times where you're super, super happy, and then you look up, but. And there's events like what you invited me to where you just kind of make it a habit constantly and then it becomes part of your subconscious uh, that you just kind of look and talk to God directly. Um, so I went to Protestant Christian school from K to 12, uh, even though my parents took me to Catholic church on Sundays. So I kind of learned that, like, that there were different types of Christianity early on. Um, After I graduated high school, I went to college. It was a public college, so they didn't require you to read the Bible during Bible class. There was no Bible class. And so at that point, you know, I was meeting all kinds of different people who weren't religious. And then you know, um, 
was really into dance. Uh, always been into dance. And so that kind of got me into kind of partying and drinking and things. Uh, and after college, well, after college, um, I think, I think after college, I was just so focused on the career that it, my relationship with God kind of just became personal, like, and I would go home to Long Beach, California, uh, several, maybe a few times a year, um, and then go to church with my parents, um, but I don't know what the term is where you do believe in God and you've brought up, been brought up religious, but you don't practice religion as an adult. Right, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, where it's, yeah, where it's what you've been brought up, but you don't practice it. So you're, you're talking about like with other people, or do you mean? I think that's it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That community, I think, um, I don't, I don't think I totally uh, feel that it's not needed, but I don't. I don't need it right now. I think it, it would help, uh, but I think you know when when you travel from city to city, it kind of like I, I like that guy. I want to get to know that guy, like Will. But, you know, I just want to focus on him right now, and then we might leave. But I'll keep in touch with you. You know, I tell myself. Mm-hmm. Because it's rare that you meet people that just want to just go deep into your mindset and mm-hmm. just talk. Yeah. So um, it's a trip. We're going on a trip, <laughs> and I've gone on these trips on substances with other people, and and I have lasting connections with those people. But this, I'm at the point right now where like soberness is is a high for me. And, you know, coffee might help. You know, get things going. But yeah, it's a trip. Yeah. So, um, where, where are you then, you know, with God and with Christianity and th- so you're not like actively participating in like whatever, you know, church yeah. and so yeah. forth, but, um, like is, but just where do you stand with yeah. it? I guess that type of thing. This is an interesting one that I think about a lot. My wife grew up LDS. LDS. Oh, like Latter-day Saints. Latter-day Saints. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. So she's also not a practicing LDS, mm-hmm. but she she believes what she was taught and the most interesting thing I learned from her is I believe the LDS I don't know, doctrine or whatever it 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 says something along the lines of man you know, isn't God, but is able to reach God levels. Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting to me because I was always intrigued by, you know, Egyptian mythology or whatever, and not necessarily believing that there are multiple gods out there. There's, there's one, I'm an engineer. Uh, so I, I'd like to think God is like this master creator, engineer guy that not, or not guy, but being that, you know, is, I struggle on a day-to-day to create 
awesome software. So <laughs> how, how, did, mm-hmm. how did all this become what it has become, you know? And then, so that intrigued me about LDS, the concept of the afterlife being a continuation of your life here and, you know, working towards higher levels. So I would say at the moment, uh, things like that resonate with me as in they energize me and help me strive to learn things and master my body and mind. Um, and then there's other, I believe it's Nev, Nev Goddard, Neville Goddard is his name, I believe. But he's this philosopher I just found on YouTube recently and he has a different way of translating the Bible and in that there's a concept of God being within your mind and your will, God's will be done is also your will that be done. Um, So it's not necessarily like a philosophy about how you treat other people, but if, if you want to accomplish something, God also wants you to accomplish those things. And so, can't really find the words to to say but does that kind of make sense i don't know it's a little confusing because i don't think of god as geographic you know Hmm. like if he's because we were physical but you know god's not physical so when you're physical yeah you're geographically located but if you're not then um then i don't know if you could say well you're here or there now there is you know in the christianity there's the concept of um God dwelling with his people, among them, in them. Mm. I mean, those words are used. Sure. Um, but um, I don't know. It sounds almost a little bit like, um, you know, I don't know if he's saying, you know, that God's just a concept of the imagination or something. But like, um, it's talking about, you know, but referring to God like being here rather than there I don't know that doesn't I'm not sure how that but um, so um, do you so do you, I, I take it then that you believe that there is a God rather than just kind of having more of a materialistic view like only the things that we can kind of mm-hmm. examine with our senses you know mm-hmm. touch look at so that there's more to reality that there is like a, a God be, behind this is that yeah is that and then if that's what you uh, believe or feel like why is it why do you mm. believe that rather than only what your senses tell you mm-hmm. yeah I definitely believe in a God a, a master creator engineer type of intelligent energy um, I guess I guess I'm at the moment curious about the concept of uh, there's a concept of like uh, infinite intelligence as is, is the term I've been 
I guess trying to tap into myself, you know, like in the mornings I'll meditate and, and lay down and uh, just rest my mind and, and treat it like a muscle kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, hoping that it, you know, gets me through the day and I, I'm not, I'm not, hoping that I'm equipped for the day and I'm just performing well that day. So I take it day by day. Um, but yeah, tapping into that infinite intelligence, I, I, I've, heard, I've heard about this and then um, we're currently going and taking acupuncture for my wife's uh, fertility. Yeah, so we're doing that. And so I asked the acupuncturist to put needles here to kind of open my quote-unquote third eye so there, there are a few things that I'm very curious about where there are these concepts uh, about energy and um, you know sticking a needle in a certain place and that doing something <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, meditating and maybe that opening your your subconscious up to things that you may not consciously be able to to know about um, be- before we came to the states back to the states uh, we were in Malaysia for a year and every morning around 5am I'd hear chanting the Muslims would would chant and, and so that I guess that kind of helped me create this routine of getting up in the morning and you know and so that it all kind of I guess I'm on a journey to figure out everything and mm-hmm. come up maybe not come up with my own philosophy but just be okay with learning other other philosophies mm-hmm. uh, but I, I still come back to to God and at night after I've learned tried to learn things throughout the day and things are just spinning in my mind at night and I can't sleep I'll actually do the Hail Marys and Our Fathers and I found that that was very helpful as a tool for me to focus on some words and just kind of calm down and sometimes mm-hmm. I'll just count mm-hmm. you know so yeah I'm, I guess I'm just exploring this as a muscle right now <laughs> right yeah you know something that pops into my head when uh, every talk about God being like an engineer and stuff is like um, I, that might be you know how I've thought about God before and but um Recently, I heard someone refer to um, God uh, like creation is more like a song coming from God. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was interesting to me because that really connects creation to God, whereas like um, rather than like creating something separate from God, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, if you that could be almost like a deistic view of like God creating 
something and then stepping back and it just runs on its own. Whereas um, if creation is a song, then it kind of goes, it, it reminds me a little bit of like when uh, Paul was quoting like a, a poet of the time, like, you know, like he said something along the lines of, um, in him we live and move and have our being. Mm-hmm. So it's like if we're a part of that, um, then it's like we're just in it and like intimately connected to God. And um, the Bible also refers to him as like sustaining it, you know, so that kind of fits with that too. But mm-hmm. that's just kind of interesting to me. Um, and it's a little bit of a contrast, I think, to like an engineer philosophy because that's like working on something separate from you and, and something, mm-hmm. but I think where there's a connection. But, um, and I don't know too much about what to think about it, except that it's interesting and kind of resonates with me somewhat, you know. But, um, so, okay, so that's kind of where you are, um, you know, kind of with God, you know, you're just kind of, you're open, you're learning, um, you have some practices that you do mm-hmm. um, that are helpful for that. Um, one thing as you were talking and just you, you have like a real experimental way about your philosophy it seems to your life yeah. and like I what seems to be popular right now is psychedelics mm. um, yeah. have um, said something like like I'm in no way advocating that mm. but is that something that you've dabbled with yeah, yeah dabbled with or thought about or anything like that yeah, um, so I dabbled a lot with psychedelics uh, and drugs in general that I don't inject, but, you know, pills. I became an alcoholic uh, around the, yeah, early, I think it happened around the 2006, 2008-ish time frame. Did a lot of partying and dancing, going out to raves, um, and so that that introduced me to uh, the psychedelics and uppers. Um, my family uh, and I got into drinking uh, college college time frame. I started drinking more. I didn't really drink uh, before I was eighteen. Um, but after I went off to college, I started drinking, and I think from 19 to 30, how old was I when I officially stopped drinking? I'm 40 now, and my wife was the one that motivated me and really helped me to stop drinking. But so that, yeah, so 19 to 37. I would call myself a not raging alcoholic, but I was I was an alcoholic, um, and and I would mix drinking with uh, ecstasy and um, I'd experiment with uh, smoking marijuana, um, but I found that psychedelics took me to a different place than alcohol and. Um, something like an upper would take me because alcohol would 
release my inhibitions. I would go dance and uh, it would energize me. But if I would smoke marijuana with my friends, I'd just kind of sit there and then just be in my head. And so it, um, there've been times where I've smoked too much marijuana and I'd be in my dorm room thinking I was in hell, you know, because uh, it it really makes you go in within. Um, so I, I didn't really enjoy marijuana too much. Um, and then when I was going through some things uh, in my late 20s, I, w- I was drinking and mixing mushrooms with ecstasy and so mushrooms gave me a different feeling and mushrooms if you eat enough you start to see things and uh, I was in a good place uh, and, and I remember this vision I had in the tree and I was listening to music and the music was causing rainbow light beams to travel from the grass from where I was up the tree and inside the tree there were people dancing and being having a good time so so that vision stays with me Uh, uh, so other times I eat too enough mushrooms that I would look into the snow and see skeletons and fossils so I think it's based on your frame of mind at the time the the psychedelic will kind of bring that out and show it to you (laughs) Um, and then there was one point in my life where I was partying too much and it was affecting my nights and my sleep and I realized I've had enough when this one night I was just laying down and it seriously felt like someone was punching me in the face several times. And I think it was me, but I I don't know because I was kind of sleeping. I'd get punched in the face really hard and I would wake up and it was, it was dark and I, I yelled out to someone. I was like, what do, What are you doing, you know? Like, I was just yelling. And I would twitch a lot at night because uh, I think I just messed with my brain chemistry so much by taking all the drugs and staying up all night dancing. And So at that point, I realized I had, I had to kind of make a change, you know? And then that, that maybe that is also what set me on the path to go to Europe and go out alone and figure things out. Um, Because I was making good money at work and I had no enemies really. I just kind of dabbled in the wrong direction. (laughs) And just... um, So, psychedelics... Yeah, my... Now... um, What do I think about psychedelics? I'm not sure I have a definite view about whether it should be legal or not. Um, 
I'm not sure what really the Bible says about it. Uh, I know that other cultures have shamans that use it to help people go deep within and heal themselves. I think there might be some healing properties to psychedelics. They're plants after all. Um, I won't advocate that argument for making it legal, but uh, I mean, alcohol is a drug and it's illegal. It's legal, but there's a fine line to, to figure out for yourself to whether the substance that you're partaking in is, is helping you become a better human being. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then there's what what God says about it, and the Bible says about it. Um, so, um, you're familiar with the Bible. You you grew up with it and stuff. Like, is it meaningful to you? Like, when I grew up, I grew up with the Bible too, and yeah. it just didn't mean anything to me until I was 18 and I had like a conversion experience, and then. Mm-hmm it just kind of opened up to me. Uh, what about you? Like, is the Bible pretty profound and meaningful to you or, yeah. or not? Philippians 4.13 is my, I think, go-to. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I think that's pretty much the only Bible verse that I constantly go back to. And that kind of, maybe that aligns with me on a regular basis like trying to start a business trying to do this trying to learn that you know and I'm okay if I'm not good at something and just find the next thing experiment you know so but what about like the center of Christianity seems to be Jesus dying on the cross and then resurrection yeah. like you walk into the church and that's right there in front yeah. of you you know so what what does that mean to you is that uh, significant or uh, do you uh, just accept it as historical mm-hmm. you know uh, f- fact or just what are your thoughts about yeah my that? immediate thoughts about that are um, it's, it's not that nice to see uh, someone on the cross mm-hmm. uh, dying um I believe in the Old Testament, yeah, in the Old, if I remember correctly, the Old Testament, they'd, they'd sacrifice uh, a lamb to, I guess, is, is that connected to the the sins being forgiven? Yeah. Yeah, and so yeah I think so. Jesus yeah. dying on the cross for us means that, I mean, aside from just not having to do that as a process uh, within your mind you can repent and God will forgive you and so similarly with other humans you should forgive others Um, and so the significance of that for me is more of kind of a process in the Old Testament and now today in the New New Testament and today um, it's more of a connection between you and God I'll I'll do my best you know (laughs) 
And uh, but I think that's that's probably the all that I think about when I see the cross. Okay. Now there's take up your cross. I know. I remember mm-hmm. that terminology or that quote that is often said in the religion in the Christianity Christian community. Take up your cross. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it means to me, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. You know, like among the things that seem like really real, have you ever read, read *Mere Christianity* by C.S. Lewis? I've heard of C.S. Lewis, yeah, but I haven't read. Okay. It's kind of like an overview of Christianity. The mirror means like the basics rather than a particular sect of Christianity. Mm. But um, he he deals with it's like... It's called mere Christianity? Yeah. Okay. He, he deals in there with like um, just the reality that we all f- feel and know, even if it's we don't voice it, of just of moral there's something morally right and wrong like Mm -hmm. and in the world like you when I just look at things you know like these are real things you know I can see them I can touch them but I think just as real though it's more abstract is like our sense that there are right things and wrong things Mm -hmm. you know and um, and though in the details in different cultures can have like differences about well, this is right in this culture, this is wrong in that, you know, there can be, but underlying, there's something solid and objective, kind of even deep down underlying all of that, it seems. Um, so when when you think of, like, uh, just goodness as opposed to, like, badness or wickedness and so forth, like, what are your thoughts, um, what comes to mind when you just think of goodness, or, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, there's the Ten Commandments. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think. Yeah, what what comes to mind for me is um, Yeah, at the moment, what comes to mind is, you know, we're all trying to get somewhere. Uh, you're on a path with this podcast. I'm on a path with what I'm working on. Um, we're, we're meant to help each other <laughs> get to where we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily try to block each other. Or I, I know we don't consciously try to block each other, but... Uh, it's important for us to try to lift each other up into in where we're headed. We all have our own mountains that we're trying to climb. Sometimes we climb with other people. Like at the moment, my wife and I are trying to start a business. Um, that's a mountain in itself. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've met you and you've got all kinds of businesses, you know. You've got a podcast, so... Um, just you inviting me to this is good like it's you're doing good by doing this for other people getting a glimpse into their own psyche and 
it's like a mirror you know you're providing a mirror hmm. um, I'm not and I don't know if I'm providing what I'm providing for this but I just do my best so <laughs> uh, yeah so um, good versus bad I mean there's the, the obvious don't hurt others and that can be both physical and mental with words and so it, I'd like to be closer with um, my father uh, my bi biological father um, but you know his, his words his words affected me over, over my life you know and I'm not saying he's a he's a bad father he he scolded me with like really bad words but like him and my mother opposite where her words really push bring me forward into action and his might divert me and kind of discourage me you know and the the, bur the words that he uses aren't profane they're just um just not often encouraging yeah mm -hmm. yeah we kind of touched on it last time we had coffee um the whole asian culture thing where they this is what you're gonna do you, you know you, you be a doctor a lawyer mm -hmm. you know, go be an engineer graduate early um versus i, I would say the, the american way which is you know creativity you know find find what you're good at you know it's kind of like the japanese way where they're always sharpening their their blade they're really good at making you know swords and things so it's kind of like um so good and bad for me at the moment is just kind of focused on lifting others trying to get them to where they're trying to get to go in life um trying not to instill your own fears and doubts on others because that might divert them so but it's tough because we all have fears and doubts it's hard to hard to hold them in sometimes well that's good yeah it seems like um you know in what you're saying is like being kind of other focused rather than just self-exalting and you know and i guess you know love is another way of you know that's related to love love seems to be focused on the well-being of another and rather than just inwardly focused and that seems to get down to the root of goodness i think mm -hmm. um have you ever heard of couch surfing yeah <laughs> yeah i went couch surfing once and uh to kansas city i was there for a photography conference and um um the people I was going to stay at, you know, um, this is my first time couch surfing. I was in a strange city and, um, I get there and this guy, he just invites me in, you know, I come to the door and knock, he invites me in and, um, and then I'm inside his house and then I realize he doesn't know what I'm there for. He doesn't know I'm the couch surfer. <laughs> so I, I tell him <laughs> and, um, it's like, it's, and he welcomed you anyway. You yeah. Know? And there's like, 
it's a what they called an intentional community. So um, there was a family in it, but then there were also some other single people, and they just made up a big family. He invited me to every, uh, introduced me to everyone. They just came over and gave me a big hug, and it was kind of like a day off for them. So we went out onto the front yard, uh, put up. They put a, had a slack line up. We were just sitting on the ground talking and hanging out. And they were so interested in me, just asking about me and listening and stuff. And um, after, sometimes when people are are nice, you think, well, they're trying to be nice, you know. Mm-hmm. But sometimes something just clicks where this is just kind of what they're like. Like mm-hmm. it's not, uh, you know. I and I don't, and it kind of helps me to let my guard down. Mm-hmm. And for me, that the feeling that I get at that time reminds you know that's like what's related to me for like goodness which so i think you know it kind of gets back to love Mm -hmm. and um and it kind of fits with the bible too um and that in one of john's letters you know he says god is love Mm -hmm. and talk about god being good and so forth but anyway yeah that's interesting you say that because there's that fight or flight response that always pops up and you're like why, why is why are they being so nice to me you know mm-hmm. and they're just they just like being nice you know it feels good to be nice um, mm-hmm. sometimes there's no motive for it it's it's for the person like I feel good when I am nice to someone else because uh, I would hope that would be returned to me at any given moment so you know sometimes there is no motive and it's, you know, what gets in the, so I would like to be more like that myself. What gets in the way are just my own needs and so forth. Like um, I was um, talking about yesterday, last night I was at some people's house. It was a gathering, there's a bunch of people over there. And uh, it was about nine o'clock and I'm thinking, I need to cut this conversation off and get going, you know. But if I was just, but I, I kind of have reconciled. It's just a little thing, but I've been thinking about it, like how my attitudes just need to change somewhat. Like, you know, I'm just too on edge, just trying too hard, you know, Mm -hmm. like I got to get a good night's sleep. Well, maybe I don't have to get a good night's Mm -hmm. sleep. Maybe I can stay up and just enjoy this moment and not worry about it so much, you know. Um, But um, I think like that our self-need, self-focus and being other focused can kind of conflict sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe resting in God can help with being more other focused because then maybe we're entrusting ourselves into someone else's hands and we don't have to so take care of ourselves and be so careful and make sure mm-hmm. everything's just right and so forth. I don't know. Just yeah, some things I need to That reminds to think me of. of like riding waves, uh, like life. Life comes in waves, you know. You, you you feel you feel good, you feel bad, but they come and go. Um, for me, like like you said, you, you try so hard to get a good night's sleep and um, things like that, but it is important. Sleep is very important. Because yeah. it like rests your mind and yeah, if a good a good night's sleep uh, means a good morning and 
the, <laughs> the morning for me lets me focus on myself and what I want for the day and and then I can be the best husband <laughs> but I, I need to make I, like, I need to make sure that I've had proper stretching just um, had enough meditation just taking the next day on you know and then then I can be happier for my wife and my puppy you know it's like I've learned a lot about hopefully I've prepared a little bit about uh, for fatherhood through this puppy you know mm-hmm. you've got eight kids I hear yeah and it's man I won't say I'm jealous but I'm curious <laughs> yeah I mean I, I have ten godchildren you know, oh do you in, wow. in Filipino culture this concept of godparents mm-hmm. you know it's usually a relative cousin brother sister that you're very close to or Mm-hmm. You want your kid to, I guess, keep in touch with long term, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, and my wife and I are trying to start a family, and we're going through fertility treatments, and that's that's been, I wouldn't say rough, but definitely for me, it's I'm not keeping a distance, but I'm just observing, just trying to be ready for whatever might come. So the results that we get, you know, it's almost in God's hands at this point and science. Yeah. <laughs> so why, um, why is it important to you? Why to having children? Yeah. I like my name to carry on my, my last name. Like my name's Renato Jareño Jr. And I've carried my dad's name. Uh, and part of it I I like to raise a son uh, with the intention that my son has a father that he's very close to mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah. I, I try to be I try to I still I'm still working on it today to be close with my father um, but you know I've, I found that just with my puppy he's a boy uh, I was really hard on this puppy and it made me realize that this is just a puppy <laughs> this is showing me like I have a a rough temper quick temper I, I, I need to I need to calm down <laughs> it's just a puppy hmm. you know so it taught me a lot about discipline disciplining um, myself and how to like teach another being um, just sit you know fetch things like that these are simple things um, but you, you know I found that the frustration in that brought out something in me that oh I had to step back and say it's just a puppy you know mm-hmm. and glad glad I got it out before we we actually have a son or a daughter, uh, yeah. So why why I want to have kids? Um, also, my wife des- deserves to be a mother. You know, like I when I met her, I just realized this is a, a woman that needs needs to 
deserves to have children. She she wants to have children. Um. Uh, so yeah, I think not too much uh, to that, but I'd like I'd like uh I'd like a few kids. Yeah. So you seem um pretty experimental in just your approach to things like um you don't uh, you, I I get the impression you don't like plan things out too carefully and um you just you just are waiting to see how things happen you're excited mm-hmm. to see um talk about careful about what goes into your you know your your ears and so forth mm-hmm. so um what's what's that like um i mean have you always been like that um and are you that way um just totally or is it are you kind of a person who plans things out as well uh i guess there's a contrast Uh, so depending on if it's work or personal life um Maybe it's a way for me to balance things out in my head, uh, but I manage software developers, and I, I have to plan uh, far enough ahead to not to to, co- to not cause too much anxiety in the team. So there's a backlog of things we need to work on, and there's the current things we're working on, and then there's like the request queue that I asked them to work on in the short term. So there's long-term and short-term things that have to align with what my manager wants for the team. And then above that, what the company wants for the organization and just kind of goes up and up and up on, on the vision. So I would say at work, I have to plan a couple of years out, but in the, in my personal life, I and in this situation, um, we're only planning a couple months out. Hmm. And when it comes to living situation, I've noticed a trend in that. You know, I get to a, I get to a place like we check into your place early this month, and then I'm in such a habit of just looking for the next place. But that in itself causes some anxiety and stress. So. I found that it's really just the the couple weeks, maybe three weeks before you you need to go to another place. That's when you should start looking because if if you look too early, the market is so hot right now that everything just gets snatched up or some rental gets booked, and so it's the living situation thing is such that we just plan the month of kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And there's all. You know, Airbnb is a blessing. You know, I've been doing it since 2012, and it's just gotten me around the world. So I, I think it's it's just awesome. You know, hmm. uh, it, at times it could get stressful um, because you know you don't know where you're gonna live next month, mm-hmm. um, and especially now that you know once once my wife gets pregnant now we have a baby coming we, we better plan <laughs> hmm. so um our puppy caused us to need certain things in in the airbnb 
like a yard or park nearby, uh, mm-hmm. the baby will, or babies will require us to think think about them. Uh, yeah, we're hoping to have twins, but you know, we'll see what God has planned. What about stuff? Like, do you not have any stuff, or do you have stuff somewhere? We we have stuff in a eight by fifteen storage. Okay. Um, in St. Louis. Yeah, I kind of latched onto the concept of minimalism when I was traveling Europe and kind of influenced my wife to move towards that philosophy. But she's a she's much more creative than I am in the arts, so she's she requires certain things to to do what she likes to do. Um, pens, papers. Um, she she was dabbling with um, laser etching, so little pieces of wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, a cricket. A cricket is, I think, I don't know how to explain it. Do you know what a cricket is? I think so. It's like I a mean, printer with a metal bit on it, and you can engrave or... Okay. Build things with right. it. Like right. A, yeah. Um, so she experiments with things, and so we have most of our things are her things. Some things that she um, has have kept over the years that with in my with our next base in mind, like our base house, because uh, we. Before we um, came to St. Louis, we were in Lake Tahoe, California, and we thought that would be our base. Um, and the fertility treatments brought us here, um, and we figured we wanted to be near her family while going through this time, just our emotional support, and just for also for me to get to know our parents a little better. Hmm. Yeah. So as far as stuff, um, trying to confine it to that storage, and then we're going to take it to our next home base. You're going to take this stuff in storage to your next home base? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, She's got things like costumes and and things like that. Um, She used to like to build costumes or sew. Mm -hmm. Um, We also have some inventory for our business that we keep there uh, but we are still in the like startup phase and quality assurance phase so we don't have too much inventory yet we just have samples so. yeah um, so I'm really bouncing around but um, earlier you know you mentioned um, like just wanting to figure things out you know like and I can relate to that desire to and I think it's just being human you know to want to understand and there's something to that but there's also um, something I've been thinking about I guess more recently is that there's also just um, 
something to be said for just kind of accepting the limitations of being a creature and just knowing how to fit into that really well. Because mm-hmm. um, like sometimes I relate it to, uh, or I've thought of it as like, well, we have a cat that's just been going through here. Um, and like, you know, you've I've known like a good dog or a good cat before, and it seems to be like the one who just really understands what it means to be that dog or cat and just fits into it. Um, and, and the cat and dog has no idea really what it means to be a human, you know? So it's almost like, I, I kind of think of like, I'm this creature, this human, and there's a way to be that, but I can't really, there's some kind of a, a thing. I have no idea what it is to be like, God or to know hmm. and so there's mysteries that you know I'm just or can't know mm-hmm. so to speak but um, there's some I think there's something to be said for just being comfortable and fitting into what I am mm-hmm. um, and I'm not so much I'm kind of antsy and worried and stuff more than I'd like to be but <laughs> well you and, seem very happy and welcoming and Okay. Pretty relaxed Thanks. to me. Okay. Um, so. Hmm. Um, you bring bring out bring out conversations in in me that yeah I think this is this is a you're providing a service here so. Oh, cool. Yeah, I don't I don't know what um, your goal is for this conversation or any conversation you have, and I guess like I said, it's a trip. Uh, we went on a trip. Yeah. Whether it's appropriate for your podcast um, vibe, you know, whether. But I'm looking forward to listening to this 10 years later. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what practices? You mentioned meditation. Like, what practices do you do that's meaningful to you? Uh, and at the moment, I'm listening YouTube you can just go down the rabbit hole Mm -hmm. but at the moment yeah just um, listening to different um, talks and I'll just kind of listen to these things and then they kind of show up later and so it goes back to what I said about um, being conscious of what I'm putting into my, you know, what I'm listening to. Uh, so I guess the practice at the moment is um, listening to um, speakers like Deepak, uh, I know his first name, but Deepak Chopra. Um, it was Tim Ferriss. This different speakers come to come to you. Uh, and YouTube's good at that. Could at that they have an algorithm that mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you listen to this, you should listen to this person. And then hmm. Gary V was another person I was listening to for a bit. So I, I go through phases of certain listening to certain speakers, and a lot of it it's motivational in nature and. 
kind of it helps it helps me try to f- kind of formulate you know how to navigate life I guess um, and then but I found that going too far into the motivational listening to motivational speaking there's almost like a a crash that you feel sometimes when you're so used to listening in the morning to positive talk um, it's almost like it happened to me the other day um, I just for some reason was feeling negative about everything so I, I've observed that my mind shifts one way or the other I try to keep it in the positive spectrum mm. by listening to motivational speak, speakers but it's like a balance you almost need to dopamine detox is a, a big uh, mm. term today mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're spiking your own dopamine and uh, serotonin by listening to these things and you got to be careful and like watch, watch, observe how you, how you are behaving. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you enjoy meditation? I do. Uh, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm just enjoying the fact that uh, it kind of relaxes me and puts puts my brain as a muscle at rest. Is it kind of like tough. mindfulness meditation? Is that what you do? Or? I'm trying, just trying to clear my mind, and it, it's tough enough to just count or not think of something. Mm-hmm. And uh, the goal is just just to shut off and rest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of curious about how people how people meditate so long uh, and how it takes them on a journey some you know i don't know i just don't know it's just mm-hmm. so it's one of those things where it's like like you said when you travel you don't know you get the certain feeling and so right now meditation it's like that for me um the, there are some dangers to meditation apparently i i just i don't know i haven't felt them yet because i haven't meditated long enough to just get lost in it mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah so do you know anything about it no i know i as far as mindfulness meditation i've done it or i've tried enough to know i can kind of appreciate it um it's a really hard thing to discipline myself to do um for some reason i just would rather be doing yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but um i think it would be helpful to me as far as like maybe sleep because mm-hmm. I um, I tend to not get enough sleep because I wake up and I and I just start thinking about things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe if instead of thinking about things, I could just kind of um, you know in mindfulness you're kind of like just maybe just focusing on your breath or just mm-hmm. the weight of your body against the mattress or whatever, um, or just to observe yourself thinking and then letting those thoughts go mm-hmm. um that might if that would help me just to like you said just to rest my mind mm-hmm. more i would appreciate that but um no i don't i i have heard of dangers too of um i've heard that um 
maybe just being kind of growing complacent about life because mm. uh, you can kind of be detached and maybe, mm-hmm. you know, some things you need to be kind of concerned about more, you know, mm-hmm. or um, of just kind of yeah, like, getting, oh, I'm not going to care about this right now. Let me go meditate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see that. Or just kind of, I don't know if, you know, if you got so deep into it, if you could just kind of like get caught in up mm-hmm. in that, um, it f- feels a little bit like a different type of consciousness, a different mm-hmm. world in a yeah. bit away. And but anyway, so there's like the know. religious aspect that I, I think, I forget how I, how to word it, but when, when you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you're you could you're vulnerable to the devil's demons to enter you. But if you've accepted God and Christ in, in your in yourself, you know, you're full of the Holy Spirit. Um, so those spirits can't enter you. But uh, so I kind of tie that to meditation. Maybe if you're opening your mind to a realm that you don't quite understand, um, things might enter your mind that you don't you just don't know until later um so i I use it more as a tool like you like like resting your mind early in the morning and then all of a sudden you a flood of ideas come in and then your brain's ready to work you know because we're human we're meant to work (laughs) and learn and right make tools that's i guess that what makes us human like a cat doesn't build a tool they 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 know how to be a good cat, you know. Right. But uh, so yeah, I just use meditation as a tool, just to prepare me for the day and yeah. make sure it's rested, just like any other muscle. Like, right. I was into bodybuilding. Um, that's tough in itself. So, but now it's just kind of like stretch, do some pull-ups, do some meditation, and then ideas flood. And then my team is like, "Why are you up at five a.m.?" You know, it's like, "What? Like, these are all ideas coming five to ten a.m." You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, then the rest of the day, I can just be light and talk to them in meetings uh, because I've put in the work in the beginning, and I don't feel like I'm behind because gotten up early. Elon Musk doesn't even get up at three a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm not trying to get to Mars, but I'm just trying to be a good husband and uh yeah good dad someday so yeah um so my um daughter she i think she heard this on the jordan harbinger podcast which i haven't listened to too much but and i'm paraphrasing this but like the question was um what who do you want to be in 10 years you know, what kind of person or who is it that you want to be? And then what can you give yourself as a gift now to your 10-year-old, being 10-year-later person? Mm. Like, what could you do now that would be almost like a, giving yourself a gift, you know? So I, I thought, yeah. man, that's a big question. I need to think through that um, and, you know, take some time with it because I think it could be kind of helpful. But you have you have any thoughts off the top yeah. of your head? Like That, that one's an easy for Easy okay. one for me. So I, I just turned 40 on August 7th. Yeah. And 
10 years from now when I'm 50, I'd like kids running around and the gift I can give to myself today is, you know, really pulling through and starting this family, you know, like yeah. doing what I need to do for my wife to get pregnant, um, preparing my mind for, for kids, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just being the fun godfather anymore to the 10 god kids I have. I, now it's, it's a different ball game, you know? Yeah. We should probably have a, another hour just on how you survived with eight. And I won't say survived, but I think it, it's fun at that point if you have eight. <laughs> yeah, it is fun. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like how do you compare your first with your eighth? It's like, it's probably you can't just you had eight and right it's all different they're all different they are different yeah maybe you can give me some advice on my first you know how to prepare for that how'd you prepare for it did it just happen um yeah like um i think there there did come a time where we thought you know decided to have kids um the first one, um, like one of the things that's kind of distinctive about the way we, w- about me and the kids, and r- recently um, the kids, four of my kids got together for a podcast and they talked about what it was like growing up in our home. So that would kind of be illuminating <laughs> if you wanted to know. Um, I was pretty strict, um, mm-hmm. like toward our younger you know, kids when they were young. Um, Military dad. Uh, kind of like um, I read a book by uh, James Dobson called Dare to Discipline and I was a buy the book type of dad there was a lot of benefits to that Um, because um, if you if your kids um, respond when they're asked to do something and there's that kind of uh, you know uh, so I wanted to like allow them to be kids, make mistakes and stuff, and not be hard on them for that. But when it came to like the battle of our wills, where mm. they knew clearly what I was asking them to do, and they were setting themselves up against me, I wanted to definitely win. <laughs> and um, I wanted, and I thought that that set up things that was like would be a foundation for other things. Like, let's say you want to. Um, explore this with your kids or you want to do that well you know if you or you just want a pleasant home life that's not chaotic Mm -hmm. um then you um having that foundational type of thing of like them responding to you with obedience is helpful to, to build upon for those other things i think my weak point was maybe um when they became older transitioning into being more of a mentoring type of person um, rather than that black and white um, you know uh, disciplinarian you know but it for younger kids I thought it was helpful and we really kind of slacked up the more kids we had which you kind of t- we tended to do but I think like getting things started in the right in a way that was helpful, you know, kids kind of imitate, you know, they kind of understand, like, this is the way things go in the home, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and that helped with the other ones as well. Another thing that was kind of helpful, I, th- I think, is that we didn't have TV. Uh-huh. So, um, 
So there's like, and this is like just of life in general, there's the hard or there's the easy. And um, like there's the, and sometimes the hard is the more substantial, better. And the easiest, the, what's easy is, is like, a, it's like a quick fix kind of like, if you want something to just um, uh, entertain you or just uh, make you excited or sensation, you know, you can just flip a switch and get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's kind of like eating, you know, it's hard to eat your uh, meat and vegetables if you got cotton candy all the time, you know. So it's kind of like you sometimes have to get rid of the one just so that the kids would, you know, gravitate toward the other. So it was like that yeah. for TV. I had a bad experience with TV when I was growing up as far as just now feeling like I wasted a lot of my childhood sitting in front of the TV tube. Mm-hmm. Um watching sitcoms and so forth and uh, so my kids became readers like um they really and and it wasn't like we um made them read they just when they started reading at a certain point it's like man they just dived yeah. right into it and started that's amazing getting into all kinds you of basically books. taught them how to learn yeah by reading yeah and, and um, in the beginning you were learning how to teach them you know, like what the family philosophy was and how the house would operate. But by letting them, you know, I, I look, I look up to my, I look up to anyone that reads. Yeah. <laughs> A lot more, of the I things like they were listen, into. Yeah. You know, like audible. I like to listen to books, but. Right. Um, and they got into stories. Yeah. So it wasn't so much like, um, uh, how to type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, Stories are pretty powerful. I mean, like life oh, is yeah. a story and so forth. And I guess that's what makes us human is uh, we learn through stories. Like it's there's the how-to, but you'll really know the how-to if it's wrapped in a story. Yeah. So I try to try to tell my team at work. Uh, I try to do everything through stories and try to advocate creativity because. I feel like um, those two things take you to the, the highest levels of yourself. Um, mastering creativity and stories. St- st- stories about yourself. Um, kind of replaying what you tell me in, in my own words. That's a kind of like a story, like repeating the story in my own words. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, not having a TV, I'm, I'm going to think about that. Yeah. yeah. For my household. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the, um, but YouTube's kind of the TV of today. Right. As long as you can choose what goes in. Um, yeah. And then as a parent, kind of monitor what goes into your kids. Yeah. I don't know what it would be today. Like, um, so when I grew up, TV was new. Like, my parents didn't grow up with TV like I did. So it, it was kind of like we just drank it up, you know, us mm-hmm. as kids. And now, having experienced that, you know, I'm making changes for my own kids, or I, I did make changes. Mm-hmm. I wonder what um, my kids are have experienced, like our kids growing up with um, social media and the internet mm-hmm. and everything, what they're experiencing that we don't have the discernment for, that when they get older, they'll have discernment because they mm-hmm. grew up with it, with it, and they'll do things differently. I'm not sure, but... 
I'm, yeah, your parents grew up with radio. Yeah. You know, and, and as time goes on, technology just engulfs us, and that maybe our kids or your grandkids will be, be in the, me, the, the meta world. What's it called? Metaverse. Yeah. Metaverse is where they put goggles on and the technology overlays things in the in your VR goggles uh, over real life you know we see that in cars yeah just the heads up display in the car they try to overlay the direct directions in the car so mm-hmm. hopefully uh, in the metaverse people don't get lost you know because there's reality and then there's virtual reality mm-hmm. so it's easy to get sucked into social media. There's there's been a lot of social engineering that negatively impacts the brain. There, you know, they, those those apps are designed to you know create addiction and right. That's a, that's another thing to be weary of if your kids or even yourself looking at the phone and there's a ding. Oh, right. That's a dopamine hit. You know. So right. That's one thing. That's another practice I try to do regularly is turn my phone off on do not disturb at certain times of the day. So only thing that gets through is my wife's call. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so that helps. So um, here's something that we can kind of wrap up with unless there's anything else you'd like to bring up. But um, what... Um, so what have you learned about life that you wished you, or you didn't know, like, er, in the earlier version of yourself? Um, is there anything that comes to mind as far as, like, some, some kind of understanding you've gained about just the world or life? Yeah. That, you know. I guess I was thinking about this morning. You know how a turbo works? How, kind of. Uh, in like a jet engine or yeah um, turbo there's there's the engine in the car and there's a turbo that it's a like a pipe that's engineered in a way that air comes in okay and it's, it's the air spins uh the turbine mm-hmm. and out of the turbine comes air and that's forced back into the engine okay. to make it mu- make it run better and I was thinking about this this morning the food I put into my body the words I hear the media I consume comes into this turbo in my belly and make sure the air goes in that's clean make sure the air going in is clean so that what comes back out of the turbo and back into my brain is you know clean and efficient so that's I guess that's what I've learned and that's what I'm trying to that's what I would tell someone you know just be careful of what you put in and what comes out so you're talking easy so you're talking about food food and consuming food uh, media media yeah the people you surround yourself with we're all consumers uh, of of these things and so what are you most careful about when it comes to like the things you hear that you want to be careful not to be 
you know, beware of. Well, well, it's important to to hear it all, but uh, not necessarily mimic all of it. Um, so having a good, you know, having a good foundation for all that, how to sift through the the good and bad, like we said uh, earlier in this talk, you know, whether whether it's Christianity. Um, Uh, it's probably a, a long discussion about like which one's right but um, yeah I guess I guess my point is uh, having it like a moral compass of your own that, that should help you consume what's right for you and, and make sure you're lifting other people up at the end of the day. Right. Leave them better than how you met them. So kind of in a way um, not going against what you um, being true and true to what you consistent with what you believe is right mm-hmm. not um you know, bringing something in that's opposed to that, um, or in, in a way, I guess, bringing it in in a way that you're feeding mm-hmm. upon it that could create like um, conflict, like yeah, yeah, and so forth. Yeah. yeah, like if you know you have a certain philosophy, and you know some something might affect that, it's best to steer away. <laughs> totally. Right. Um, kind of look ahead, you know. Right. So there's like a difference between like examining something, mm-hmm. checking it out, uh, as opposed to just feeding upon it, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a tough right. question. Yeah. Well, it's been good. Is there anything else before wrapping up we should bring up? Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in like a summary from your side because I've been been talking a lot and um, I've gotten more out of this than maybe you've, you've gotten out of me for for your podcast and so I yeah uh, I made the request not to broadcast it uh, until I review it with my wife but I'm just curious about what like what what urged you to ask me to speak uh, maybe what assumptions you had before we started talking and then what's the difference now that we've gone on the trip okay <laughs> well I ask you know almost anybody if they're just willing to have an honest conversation I'm interested in in them, and they would make a, a good guest. Okay. So I'm just interested in the human experience, what people may have learned, um, what kind of understanding they have, um, like especially the question about God. Like people believe in God, most people do. It seems. Why? You know, what is it? Um, because you know, it's like 
not you can't look anywhere and say, well, there's God, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm and I'm just interested in um, maybe what people have, have learned and stuff. So anyway, um, so I met you guys up there, and you were, um, and then down here, you guys came down for coffee. And uh, you're very comfortable to be with. So I appreciated oh, that. <laughs> and um, um, so that's why I asked, because I ask a lot of people, you know, and not everybody takes me up on it. But mm-hmm. um, and now having talked with you, um, uh, the things, I guess the things that have made impression on me are um, just kind of... Uh, I tend to be really careful. Like I plan out my day. I um, I love planning. I like thinking, mm-hmm. what goals am I going to pursue this year? You know, what's my mission in life? Um, that question about who do you want to be in ten years and like what can I do now? Like that just was like great for me because it gives me all these things, these things to think about. And planning mm-hmm. fills me with uh, like hope because um, I think, man, I can do this. I can do that. I just need to plan it out and mm-hmm. get it done. But um, the thing is, I don't stick with my plans very long because um, I get new plans, mm-hmm. and then I get new plans. I never just follow through real well, but I'm just very careful or uh, just trying to p- plan out, and you seem to be more kind of intuitive, like um, maybe uh, exploring life in a more intuitive level, which you know I, I like, and um, I guess conversations are kind of like that, so... Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be more planned out with conversations, like jotting down my questions I would ask. And uh, I didn't even know enough about you to really jot down mm-hmm. hardly anything. But um, so anyway, that I guess that um, has made an impression on me after talking with you. And just, um, I don't know. It's not, for me, it's not so much just... Um, what I can learn to is just the experience of being face to face with someone. I mean, there's just a, a human right here, mm-hmm. and there's this kind of connection that's kind of special in, in a way um, because um, so much of um, connection or interaction with people is kind of shallow a little bit. It's just. Um, well, it's mostly virtual nowadays, too. Yeah. Yeah. And just to. Um, and even kind of shallow connection, like when you're just at the store checking out or whatever, yeah, yeah, that's at least yeah. something. It's at least being face-to-face with someone. And there's something just good in that. But then even more so to be able to just ask somebody all about themselves. You know, that's just, I enjoy that. So what I what do I get out of it? It's just the experience of doing that. I think I've grown over the years from doing it mm-hmm. um, but it's hard to say exactly how it's just I think I've matured and grown and I think this is part of it but anyway yeah um, I would, to your point about just writing it writing it out your perception of me just writing it out it's probably due to uh, uh, growing up skateboarding just grinding it out trying a trick over and over again even though you fail and fail and fail and then then picking up snowboarding which you go up to a mountain and you just ride down and just ride whatever bumps come your way and then 
I'm not a surfer, but I, like board, in board sports, surfing is the the pinnacle of board of like risk and adrenaline. Uh, I I tried it, you know. I tried sur- uh, surfing, and the waves are just so powerful. And even though I I want to try again, uh, the the concept of riding life and waves, uh, it that that's kind of how I would tell people, you know, uh, how to navigate uh, whatever they're going through that day or whatever. Because you're you're riding you're riding this huge wave, but you know your friends could be riding it too. But you got to ride it out, you know. And there's there's a saying like what what's air today gone tomorrow, you know. So what, if you're sad today, tomorrow you you probably feel better, or you could you could influence yourself to be, feel better, work on whatever you need to work on to get better. Just one 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 day at a time, kind of thing. One wave at a time. So. I guess that's how I would leave this conversation. Maybe 10 years from now, I'll be surfing <laughs> with some kids. Yeah. Thanks, Will. You're welcome. Thank you, RJ. Mm-hmm.